Why is recorded in front of a live studio audience. I, I just love the story for so many different reasons. Hold, please. Okay. May I? What? Are you interviewing someone? We're... You may. <laughs> Hello. You need to come to Northport and have a little fun with us. I, this is what I keep hearing. Yes, we have a beautiful sunset happening right now. Oh, and I'm taking someone away from that? No, 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 no. She's okay. not. Okay. She doesn't care. I'm she not, doesn't. Yeah, you're not, not invited. <laughs> and, and she's a little blase about it. But okay. You should come and bring your beautiful wife and your beautiful boys. Eh. Um, <laughs> I meant the children part. I understand what you meant. Um, no, I would love to come there. You, you and I can put our toes in the sand. It sounds wonderful. You could go buy some kimonos from. Oh, tell me more. He doesn't need a kimono. What's the name of the kimono store? And if it is not kimono, my house. It's not. This is why, with your hosts Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. My family has, um, yeah, they've discovered nineteen. 19- Hard shard. I'm sorry. Nineteen, you know, nineteen crimes wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's Australian. Well, and they like to learn about the criminals and all that stuff. So, sure. who doesn't? They they have discovered the hard shard. Okay. And apparently, no one in the family, though we have discussed this until today, knew that the hard shard is not your average chardonnay. It's called hard shard for a reason. So, mm, yeah, it's not just marketing. Mm-mm. So a video has gone uh, viral on 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 the TikTok. Oh, of a Southwest Airlines pilot saying. So I'll just read you the transcript of what the pilot said. Okay. He gets on the intercom and says, "Here's the deal. If this continues while we're on the ground, I'm going to have to pull back to the gate. Everyone's going to have to get off. We're going to have secu- have to get security involved, and vacation is going to be ruined." Oh. Those are fighting words. I know. It is because somebody on the airplane was airdropping nude photos to people on the flight. Just random people? Just random. And so he said, whatever that airdrop thing is, quit sending naked pictures. Let's get yourself to Cabo. Wow. (laughs) So nobody got arrested. They just got reprimanded. So if I do come to Northport, with or without the family. Yes. I will be taking Southwest Southwest Airlines. Clearly, with the hopes that you will get some photos. Somebody will be airdropping me nudes. That you then can share with all of us. When you I know. Like, that's like the hostess gift that keeps on giving. It really is. That's a very, very good point. I think that's lovely. And a statement to, to NBC News, a spokesperson for Southwest. Southwest. I can't say that. How said, much quote, chart this, have you had? Uh, not enough. Said, quote, the safety, security, and well-being of customers and air lo- employees is the Southwest team's highest priority at all times. We're made of a... Okay, so n- n- none of those three things are factor into the story. True. When but- made aware of a potential problem, circle that one, not a part of the story, our employees address issues to support the comfort of those traveling with us. That is like, I need an extra blanket. I could use a pillow. True. That is but not do, someone keeps sending me news. But I also feel 
like, I don't know if this is still the case because I haven't flown Southwest in a few years, but I know that their whole MO for a while there was they were the fun airline, right? And the pilots you're, you're were You're now free to move about around the car. Right, yeah, all okay. that stuff. So I, I do feel that the pilot seemingly handled this in the keeping of the mantra of Southwest Airlines. Like, cops didn't come. Everybody still got to go to Cabo. It was just like, let's just all go quit being get a to dink. the beach. Right. Like, quit being a dink. Share your nudes with people you know. Exactly. We could all be naked on the beach in Tahiti right, right. now if like, you idiots quit, didn't quit right. airdrop and stuff. It's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I wonder how they found out. Like, did they send them to a flight attendant or the pilot or did a passenger complain? Mm, that's a good point. The story doesn't say how. Right. They, it like, was just that air f- photos are being airdropped to, on, to people on the plane. So he must have. He, do you know I don't know. I know. I don't know why I keep gendering it. This person. Because could, if it was you or me, I would be the one sending. So. Oh, yeah. And I'd be the one hammering that uh, air air flight attendant bell till it broke off to like, can you knock this up? Well, because only if you knew it was me, <laughs> if you thought it was somebody else, you just let those babies fly. Oh, you just right click on that one. Yeah. We also just put a parental advisory sticker on everything, so have at it. So we can cuss? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Because looking at your body of work, really, I feel like it's really... I mean, we've been waiting for the chance to get to it. I feel like that, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just want to let loose all this family-friendly kid stuff, I mean... So, I mean, I feel like it's easier to talk about what you guys haven't been doing than what you have been. (laughs) Because, like, I look down your bio and I just get tired. <laughs> We've been pretty busy. Add, add a one-year-old to that. Right. We're... Which just, that's a whole other level of insanity. It, yes, but it's a welcome, it's a welcome circus, I guess. Yeah. Right. So now you guys, I guess you went to Nashville for the pandemic and then ended up being like, we should stay here? <laughs> well, I got pregnant. We found and... out she was pregnant, which kind of, it kind of, you know, kind of told us what we should do at that point. You yeah. know, we, just, we just like, got a little pandemic fatigued in LA. We were in like our small apartment and um, we decided to just come to Nashville. We had lived here before and mm-hmm. we're like, we just need some air and we were just going to Airbnb for a few months. And then life kind of took over and we decided to stay because it's a great place for work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, definitely. And we have, a great community here. Everyone that we know uh, does music and family and they do it well and we support each other and help each other out. So we decided to hang out for a while and it's really been fun to be back. Yeah. And LA, LA, it doesn't seem very family friendly or is it just where I'm going when I'm in LA? I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely people doing it, right? Like there's families there and, and, but it's, it, it doesn't feel as, um, it just feels a little more separated. I think people do a great job of like compartmentalizing their lives there where I think here it's a little more transparent. People are just like, I'm canceling the session because we have a poop emergency. I'm just going to tell you like right. not because of, right. you know, anything else. And we're not like too cool to tell you what's happening. And I know you'll understand because you're in the same situation. 
I just think people are more transparent with it here, and they're definitely dealing with poop in LA for sure. But oh, definitely. But they're yeah. not telling you about it. They're acting like you know they've got a bigger meeting or a bigger set. You know, they're they're yeah. yeah. Well, it's those it's those floor <laughs> ceiling windows, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that sunshine. Exactly. No, so it's a great town. We we love LA too. Like it's, yeah, LA it's has like place. kind of a special place in our heart. Yeah. We, did, we were there for ten years, and kind of we felt like our careers kind of took off out there. So it's you know. It's, it's, we definitely have like a soft spot for it, but mm-hmm. right now it's it's good to be in Nashville around family and friends, and, and that's uh, just a fun town. It's it cool. is. It's cool. So, what have you been working on recently? Because just all the stuff that's coming out this year, you've got Rainbow High, Rugrats. I mean, a bunch of other things. What are you currently working on now? I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. There's a couple of things we can't talk about yet, which is such a bummer because which we're hoping we're yeah we're we would love to talk about it soon. But do you want to tell us what it rhymes with? <laughs> um, I feel like we I feel like we probably can't. Fine, say that. fine. But, well, then if it does, you know, if it doesn't, you know, well, of course, you don't want to. Yeah, I get it. Right. We don't want to put we, it out. We also universe. signed an NDA, which is probably the more. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. That's a little stronger than wanting to jinx it. Yeah. Exactly, right. but um, no, we just did something for Hot Wheels, um, which is really cool. They're like. That was really fun because it was for the monster trucks. But we're doing that. We're doing uh, a bunch of LOL still, uh, a lot of commercials, and you know, it just seems like the work kind of just keeps. We're as busy as we want to be. You know, which is really great. Definitely. And how does one get into that world of children's f- film and television? It's It's been so wonderfully accidental for us. Mm-hmm. We, we both started, you know, in the artist realm. Like, I was a singer-songwriter. Josh is in a band. In a band. And, you know, we came to Nashville thinking we wanted to, you know, work on our own artistry, but also get cuts on artist records and kind of go up that ladder of you know, the way you progress and, or, you know, it's changing, but, but back then you, there was an order about how you, you know, rose right. up that ladder. And we just did not know any other way to have a successful music career. We just kind of saw the people before us. And, and ever since we've kind of been working, everything changes like moment to moment, right? Like it's just been, you know, so hard to kind of navigate what the music industry is. How do you make money then streaming and no one's making money. And like, how do you do it? And we, um, we kind of stumbled into going to LA coming from Nashville, going to LA and just realizing how different and multimedia everything creating was there, you know, Mm -hmm. you can write music, but also it could be for a video game and it could be for a brand and it can be for an artist who's in a video game. And like, it's just True. limitless, and we kind of stumbled into it, and we were out there working with um, an amazing, uh, very successful songwriter who's been a mentor for us named Sam Hollander, and he, you know, had a, a Disney Channel 
did kind of come down his pipeline and he was like, hey, um, take a crack at this. And I was like, yeah, no worries. I've literally been training for this my entire life. Like, <laughs> So that just set it off? Like put me in coach. Just, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and we got it. And it was the first thing we had ever pitched for. And it just kind of like turned a light on in my head that I was like, oh, there's so much we could do in music that we never even knew about. And, you know, we just leaned into it. We didn't have an idea about what our careers would look like at that point. We just were kind of like, let's open ourselves up and whatever's out there, you know, we're going to just go full force and try to bring ourselves into it. And and I remember even just being out there thinking, like when we moved out there in 2011 and even just kind of having the conversation like, hey, let's just, let's not have any preconceived notions of what our career should be or what we think it should be. Let's open ourselves up to just doing anything and seeing where where it goes and LA is such a great town for that because like she was saying earlier it's like there's so much going on there that um, you know it, if you open yourself up and you know you allow your passions to kind of evolve and do different things like there's something there for you there's definitely opportunity and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just kind of what happened with us and now it's to the point where we just we really enjoy the work and we're you know we're successful doing it and um, you know we just we have a ball and we can do it together which is great you know and that's we just have our little studio here and we just make music and you know it's it's fun to see it out there so you what you're saying is you guys have all the ways to be w i c k e d thank you i I've, I've spent some time with that song believe it or not with two children of my own yes oh how old are your kids uh Eight and ten now, but I think oh. six when uh, Descendants two dropped. That is so prime yeah, age. yeah, yeah. It <laughs> might as well have had a bullseye painted on him. So that's what we we're going for. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. As as my car speakers will tell you, great job. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, um, you never know whether to like apologize to parents <laughs> or no. We're just like sorry, like we <laughs> But it's got to be great. Like I, in some ways, it, it seems like such an odd niche to be writing in, but then you know very quickly whether or not somebody likes this. An eight-year-old's not going to BS you and be like, yeah, they I really love the intention that you're going for here. They don't, they're brutal. They're yeah. Brutal. <laughs> they don't care. That's <laughs> so true. A- and they're absolutely amazing authenticity detectors. Mm-hmm. They know when you're not having fun. They know when you're writing to write for something, when you're pretending to write pop songs for kids. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of people try to cross over into this lane from, you know, alt rock or other genres or other types of careers. And, you know, if you're just trying to kind of get a piece of the pie and like expand your, your income, um, and you don't truly find joy with it, I feel like it flushes you out very quickly because they know Mm -hmm. and you, and you know, and I think you could burn out quickly if you're not like really locked into it and you don't find the joy and you just don't love what you're doing or writing. So many of the people we talk to who are writers, you know, they're following kind of the, I want to write about this. I want to explore this subject. I want to talk about this thing in my life. How much is it harder to be writing from the perspective of a character? Is that harder or easier for you? I think, well, I mean, it could be either war because, you know, sometimes you're, we enjoy writing for characters, especially when you're working with the, you know, the directors and the producers with the script. 
Mm-hmm. We, we love actually reading scripts ahead of time and then getting inside of a character and then and kind of doing that. So that's a whole other skill set that you know I don't you don't really use if you're just kind of sitting around trying to write for a band or or for an artist or something like that. So I don't know if it's harder. I mean, I think some people might find it harder. Um, some people might find it easier because you don't you know you're able to kind of put on a different persona and you know and and also mm-hmm. say something that you might be you know, a little intimidated or not sure if you can say it, you know, you have this like kind of, um, avatar you can, you know, channel it through, which somebody might say it's easier, but I kind of don't see it as one or the other. I feel like every time I get to really put myself into it, it usually works out better. Um, if I'm just looking at it, like I'm writing this song, like as this person, or as this character, or bunny rabbit, sometimes, or whatever you know, whatever it mm-hmm. might be, um, it it kind of it's fulfilling on like another level because you're like I'm I want to say something here. Like we have a chance to really, you know, it doesn't all have to be surface level and fluff. Like kids are incredibly emotional and they're incredibly incredibly discerning and they, you know, they they're feelers. And I I think when we can actually like hit on something within a song it's extra special because it's not just like, Oh, this is a party jam or, and there's tons of that, right? Like we have to, it's all about having fun and um, you know, sometimes it's silly, but a lot of times we get to really write stuff that, that has like a platform or like has a message. And, and we really love that because we get to dig in and kind of bring ourselves to it in our experience from either being a kid or now having one, which is cuckoo crazy. (laughs) (laughs) When you're, when you're reading scripts, is there ever a character that you guys fought over who got to like read that character out loud? I'm assuming you guys <laughs> loud. But it's more like me fighting out. for Josh to like, like he, you know, he's. Um, She's very dominating when it comes to reading scripts. Well, no, but like you know, for example, we just did the Hot Wheels thing, and we, you know, we had this great singer That's do it, and, and there was like a, this announcer part, and I was like, Josh, just get in there. It's got to be gritty. Like, just do like just do like a wrestler voice or something. And yeah, you know, he's like, like, no, I'm not going to do it. And, and it ends up like making the record. Of yeah. course, you know, like <laughs> of course. that kind of stuff where like, it's a lot of me pushing him, like you should sing this or you should write this or you should, you know, and, um, yeah. Getting Josh out of his shell a little bit in that way. Cause I really love all of it. The, you know, charity's all over. Yeah. If I <laughs> do any type of like acting or singing or voice acting or, you know, if anything makes it through, um, but we do, we love reading scripts together and like we'll, we'll never start a song before. If, if there's a script, we'll read the entire thing, even if we're just accounting for a small little part of it. Josh, you know? like, in case anyone's thinking of hiring us, we're very, right. Right, yeah. very, we're very thorough. We, yeah. We always read the, we read the script. We don't skip. We don't skip. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's a lot of fun. We love it. All of it. Exactly. Yeah. Stage direction. Yes. <laughs> Oh, go oh. ahead. You're breaking up. <sighs> <laughs> this is all right. Um, well, and so in getting that material and going through it again, like you're saying, you're you're doing so much stuff for characters. Do you do stuff for yourself? I know Charity, you've released some music in the past. Are you looking towards doing more of that and kind of? seeing what else you can do and josh you've worked with a ton of interesting people as well yeah um i mean again i think uh, well i mean she can speak to kind of her as a as an artist but uh yeah i mean we're always open to just doing anything and working and 
we've been fortunate to have opportunities to work with a lot of really cool people. You know, myself working with like the Beach Boys, and we worked on a Ringo Starr song, and like, you know, I worked with the OJ's, like Def Def. I mean, the Goo Goo Dolls. It's there's so many cool artists that that like we've had a chance to work with that like from my experiences and, and also Blues Clues. And who's like please. just as famous as Ringo Starr? That's true. Oh, easily, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, we get get a lot of opportunities to do that. We do have a. I'm, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about Highly High, but we do have a band that we kind of have started. That's kind of uh, about where Charity grew up in Highly, Florida, <laughs> and uh, it's been doing pretty cool. I mean, we it's been doing pretty good. We got um, got some placements on a Netflix show, and you know, um, John Sakata. I don't know if you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, he, he, kind of, he, he shouted us out. On, <laughs> it's kind on of Instagram. like Spanglish, but um, it's just fun. It's something for us to really just be a hundred percent ourselves. I think you know, speaking to like wanting to release our own music with our own voice, we've definitely found more of a need of that as we're going. We're just like, hey, like let's lose the script sometimes, and like it's mm-hmm. nice to just write what we're feeling and make it irreverent and make it just stuff that we love to hear and not feel um, the pressure of, you know, it finding an audience and just kind of creating for ourselves. And we absolutely feel like that outlet is necessary. And, you know, when, when we have ideas, we get them down and we work on them. And for me, it's like, as an artist, when I have something, I put it out, you know, and when I don't, I, I don't. So I feel like it's just like a nice outlet for me to, to have that and not feel like, oh, this is my only path, if that makes any sense. Um, I just, we just like to be able to have fun and not feel, you know, any kinds of restrictions, just yeah. right. Well, and I think too, between all the stuff you're doing for television and trying to raise another human being, you've got oodles of free time to just sit around and go, right. how am I yeah. feeling about this? Like, what are we right, yeah, we yeah. just, yeah. Once upon a time, we were like, you know, all of our minutes, belong to us I know. <laughs> and now we're like finding those windows oh it's yeah it's, it's a change it's yeah it's a big change yeah um josh do you ever see mike love without that hat without his hat on yeah no uh yeah, that's what i thought well no actually i i have seen him oh okay so when i did the uh, i did a christmas album with him i actually got to go to his house in lake tahoe and, and i stayed with them for about a week and a half so I got to see him in his morning pajamas. <laughs> so he doesn't sleep in that hat. Pretty amazing. He doesn't sleep in that hat. Oh, wow, okay. And actually he had like a, out, out by his garage, there was like a whole, like a <laughs> like two garbage bags full of hats. <laughs> I knew it. I and knew I'm not it. even, I'm not even kidding you. It was just full of like That's the so same funny. type of hats. Yeah, right? It's like, um... people. In cartoons, like they have, like it's the closets, the same outfit. That yeah, exactly. Wear. No, Charlie like Brown the, only has that yellow shirt with the squiggle on it. Of it's course. Like the Homer Simpson uniform. <laughs> yeah. In, in there. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, he's got his uniform. It's, it's amazing. Did one of the like, accidentally disappear from that bag and end up in your closet? No, I he probably should. Given you one. They no, are he told me to such take lovely people. He like, told me to take some, and I just did, I didn't take them. I feel like but they're, that, him and his family. If you were like, "Hey, I want this," they'd be like, "Take it. I'm gonna take this sculpture from your house." They'd be like, "It's yours." Just does, the, does the whole family wear hats? <laughs> not all of them. Okay, all, all right. Not, I think just kind of his thing. <laughs> okay, I didn't want. I don't want to go down this hat 
you know, I rabbit know. hole, but it's like class and go down the don't go to go to like the breakfast. Like, yeah. what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they they had a private they had a private chef for us, so it that's, was nice. That's nice. Yeah. Omelets made to order. It was awesome. That's yeah. That's, that's, that was a very cool. Thing. It was. It was. It was one of the cooler experiences I think I've, I've had in, in in my life, to be able to go out there and all the guys were. You know, Bruce Johnson was out there. All the guys were there, and they would just sit around, and talk about the old days, and it was just it was just so cool being a fly on the wall, like having them talk. I mean, he would talk about his you know, all the issues with Brian Wilson, and you know, but he has so much love for. Brian Wilson and all those guys, and I, I have awesome. I have such a respect for Mike Love because, the, you know, the one thing I will say that he did, that he's done is he's just he just wants to keep the Beach Boys legacy alive out on the road, you know, mm-hmm. and they've been touring and you know, nonstop. So, I mean, non-stop. he goes like like he's like still a rock star. Like they tour an insane amount, and he does those long. I mean, we've been to the shows; they're long and laborious and he is just like rocks out the entire time and he kills it he does so for all of the various things that you've done and the places your music has ended up things like you know being performed on good morning america american idol these things that are just sort of other shows that don't have america in the title um (laughs) the the things the macy's parade there we go um these things that i feel like love island um that everybody knows about everybody is aware of is there does anything of places your songs end up surprise you ever are you ever just like huh all the time i think too you know everything kind of starts off the same way like we're in this windowless studio just us a lot of times it all kind of starts with just like a rough idea like sometimes it starts off bad and it has to find its way like everything we approach everything the same way and then you just kind of watch things get released or not. I mean, we've had some fantastic failures, like amazing things things that'll blow your mind. Um, And sometimes you just don't know how it's going to do. And sometimes we think, oh, this is going to be, this thing is going to be amazing or the next big thing. And, and, And it's like this really quiet fizzle. And then things just like Descendants, for example, where we just were passing out Halloween candy at our friend's house. And every kid and sometimes their parents were dressed in this, in the Descendants, Descendants costume. This was the first movie, and it was like a month after it came out. And I look at Josh, and I'm like, "Is this thing like hitting or something?" Like every kid is in the outfit. Yeah, it was huge. And I mean, a month later, it was like everywhere. But that those things we just didn't know what we didn't know what it was. We read scripts, everything starts off brand new, and you just don't know what's going to raise its hand. And sometimes it's not the things that you would expect, and sometimes you're just like, you know, this is going to be, you know. I think reading that script, we knew it was going to have a a place yeah. because it's classic Disney meets like new Disney and it's, you know, Kenny Ortega, who's like a legend. The, yeah. Right. Like, this has like all of you, the ingredients of like just the next thing, but you still never know, you know, it could, but it's gone on. I mean, that song has been, you know, performed on dancing with the stars and it's been re-recorded in every language and it's at Disneyland during Halloween and you'll hear it. And it's like, it keeps going. And it, that particular song never ceases to surprise me because, yeah. you know, it just, kind of continues to have a life and and that's really amazing because you're like oh did we make something that could possibly last the test like you know test of time which yeah. 
Mm-hmm. In, in nowadays society, everything is more disposable than ever. Things are here today, gone tomorrow. You know, artists are like losing their breath trying to release content because people are so, you know, hey, okay, cool. Like, what else? Like, but when something seems to have that stickiness where you're like, oh, this is coming up again and again, it, it blows my mind, really, because yeah, it's, it's cool. hard to do. And we feel very fortunate when it happens because it's rare. Yeah. Well, that's just, I mean, that. You know, someday your kids are going to be like, oh, my parents wrote that. (laughs) We're fully fully prepared to, like, be not cool for a minute and then... We're going to be cool, then not cool, and then cool again. That's how we feel like it's going to go. But you'll always be cool with your kids' friends. (laughs) So... (laughs) That's true. No, for sure. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be cool. Like, you know... At least, like, medium level cool. Yeah. You can't ask for much, but... That's all any of us can hope for. I, exactly. I don't think I'll ever get to even <laughs> low-level cool, so... <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> you can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website, and don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvet and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Nigel, is that you? Are you here? Nigel.